Yo, 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 from snowy Bergen, New York. As I uh, leave the parking lot of my plant on a Saturday late afternoon, on my way to Target to pick up a little, uh, I need a salt bucket is what I need for my plant, because I don't know if you know, but it's starting to snow, and uh, I got to put, I got to have salt. I had a, a client, <laughs> these are the little things you don't even think about when you uh, start to own a business. Um, I've owned a business for six years, but never a brick and mortar, right? I've never had a, a, a physical location that human beings were actually showing up to. The business I owned was, um, you know, it was a, uh, we were the ones showing up to pick up our product and, and bringing it to stores. And this is the first time I've ever had an actual place of business, physical place of business. Anyway, um, it's funny because I had a person, two people show up on that day this week where it was kind of icy and both of them said something about like well hey, it's a little icy out there and uh you know my first instinct in my head is to think yeah somebody ought to get salt for the uh and then all of a sudden it just it like dawns on me right in the middle of the thought i'll be like yeah somebody really ought to get salt it's me isn't it i'm the guy who's got to go get salt <laughs> that's me that would be my job Mm-hmm. go get the salt for the uh anyway i'm on my way to target to do that and then a couple other things, just small little errands. And then I'm going home, and uh, we're taking my son, our two-year-old, to Grandma's house tonight, where he will be staying the night so that Mommy and Daddy can have an adult night. And now hold on just there for two seconds, because what you're thinking is dirty. You're thinking something dirty right now. And I am here to tell you that uh, my wife and I have absolutely no plans to do anything other than eat dinner, sit down on a couch and a chair and watch television. Something that when you have a two-year-old, you almost never get to do without constant, constant interruption. Having a two-year-old is having a full-time job. And I am blessed, and I wouldn't change it for the world. He is my everything. I love him more than anything. But tonight is just about a little mommy-daddy sanity and just, uh, just a few hours off. Just a few hours just a few hours. I think any parent who isn't willing to admit that a few hours off is a good thing is is lying to you. I really do. A few hours. That's all we're looking for. You think it you're thinking Polly and Ryan are going to be home alone tonight. Oh my gosh, you know, if the boat is a rocking, don't come a knocking. Uh-uh. Let me tell you what's going to be happening. We're going to both eat probably a little too much. We're going to find a movie. She'll be asleep 10 minutes into it. I'll be asleep 20 minutes into it. End of story. That's mommy and daddy's big night without Leo tonight. Anyway, so that's my plan. That's it. That's everything. I uh, I love getting into my warm car, by the way. I do want to say this. This is very much so a spoiled first world problem, but I do not know how I went 37 years getting into cold cars. Remote start is everything it is cracked up to be, and I love it. I do. So a couple of topics for today. Um, two, two main topics. One, I want to talk about Rover's Morning Glory being the new night show on 95.1. Yes, I, you heard me right. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Rover's Morning Glory is the new night show on Radio 95.1. And then also, uh, I want to talk about apparently this podcast is being used for a class to learn about mass media at UB. I, I was contacted by a professor at the University of Buffalo to say that this podcast has been assigned to his students to listen to 
to, um, to, to learn about like mass communications and what it's like to work in mass media. Um, that's a little, I, I feel like I'm under pressure now. Now I'm, now I'm shy. Now I don't know what to say. Now I'm scared. I don't know. I, I guess brief resume worked in radio for 15 years. Lots of ups, lots of downs during those 15 years. I, I don't know if this particular episode was assigned, but I know that he's assigned as in general as a whole a couple of my episodes especially where I talk about radio I told you guys before the only time anyone listens to this podcast is when I talk about either food or radio I've noticed I did a few weeks ago God bless his soul God bless him for everything he is but a few weeks ago I did an episode a deep dive a one hour long deep dive on magic with my boy Anthony Prosciutti and literally everyone told me it was a terrible episode and that's not Anthony's fault that's my that Anthony's wonderful I that's me that's a hundred percent on me Anthony's great that's on me I'm the one who decided to do a one hour long deep dive on the ins and outs of radio of uh, magic so on again on me that one so if I don't talk about radio or food nobody listens so let's talk about radio but here's the thing about it here's and this is really the first time that I feel this way with the talking about radio because obviously we're gonna talk about the rover move it's like it's sort of like this I don't I the further and further removed I am from having worked in radio the less and less my opinions are valid because I don't know what I'm talking about anymore because I am removed from it now for I guess seven months at this point and it's just gonna get worse and worse because I can't give you the inner I can give you a little bit of what it was like when I used to work there and talking about Rover I always thought it was super weird that Rover works for iHeartMedia and in Cleveland Rover is like a uh, he's a big deal people love him in Cleveland Rover has a nice audience in Cleveland you know I would compare him very much to Wheeze where he's just kind of like almost a legacy guy although he's he's significantly younger I think Rover's in his mid maybe mid to late 40s I don't even think he's over the 50 hump so Rover is young um but but in a very similar way that Wheeze just kind of has an audience in Rochester, you know, that's where Rover is in Cleveland. He's just got this audience. And then for all the markets that he's branched out into, um, he manages to build these little audiences. And his show is, is pretty good. It's the type of show that certainly takes time, like any other show. You tune in for five minutes. You're not going to know what the hell's going on, who's who, any of that. But as soon as you catch on to some of the backstories the little nuances you know you'll love rover there's a reason he's been so successful he's really really good um so i'm gonna do a little talking out of both sides of my ass when i tell you what i think about rover being on 95.1 because ultimately here you are right you are let's say you are in radio you're in fm radio and you're in rochester new york and you have the opportunity to put rover on your signal you got to do it because, as I've mentioned many times, my personal beliefs about where mass media is right now, where radio is right now, is you've, you've got to just kind of acknowledge and play into the fact that you're going to have a niche audience. You know, for years and years, for you UB students listening to this as a lecture, uh, it wasn't like that. For years and years and years, you almost, you would call them your P1s. And what that meant was preference one, whenever they were asked what their favorite radio station is they would say their number one favorite station is xyz and then xyz 
would find out that they had this person as a, quote, P1, preference one. So your P1s were always the audience that you kind of wanted to ignore. Now, this is in the past. This is years and years and years. You ignored your P1s because you just kind of assumed they're going to be there because they love you so much, you would have to really wrong them in order to lose them. And uh, you, you, the way you grow your station is by finding new listeners who you can eventually hopefully convert to P1s. And for years it was that way. That's changed now. I believe in radio now, you've got to guard your P1s and regarding mass audiences or trying to get bigger audiences, you still have to put some effort there. You obviously, you still have to be available. People are going to find you and you need to make yourself very findable, but it's not what it was where people are searching things out and they're open to anything. Nowadays, people can find their niche content. People will decide exactly what they want to listen to today. Do they want to listen to a true crime podcast about Jean Benet Ramsey? They'll find that and that's what they'll listen to on the work today on their way to work today. It's not the old days where it was like they have an FM radio dial and that's it. They've got to scan till they find something that piques their interest. See, radio principles mostly are built on that. When when I sit in radio and I used to sit in radio strategy meetings how do we that was what it was all about it was how do we get more listeners and it was almost frowned upon to play to your p1s um i shouldn't say frowned upon it wasn't frowned upon to play to your p1s but it was sort of it was sort of look we know that they're here we know we have our p1s let's go find new p1s let's go find new listeners how do we do that and oftentimes that was mass appeal topics or hot topics and that's where I think media started to jump the shark and where things like fake news started to come around and people started to get mad at what they were listening to is because the theory for so long was find new listeners. Well, how do you find new listeners? Well, you do mass appeal topics that appeal to many, many people. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, you scour the headlines. You know, you're supposed to ask yourself how, how, how five times. So you dig down one level deeper. Okay. Scour the headlines. What are people talking about? What's trending? Okay. Find a topic. What's the next thing? Find topics within that topic. We would call it the, uh, the, 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 um, the topic tree or the, the spider, the topic spider, eight legs. Every single story should have eight different ways that you can talk about it. Okay. Well, if it's a hot topic one day, two days, three days, now you're onto your eight, 16, 24 different topics within a topic, different angles to look at something. I think in, in you know originally where we went wrong was we used to think that was a good thing. Well, shit, if you can come up with 24 different ways to talk about one topic, well, that must mean it's a good topic. But I actually think in retrospect, that may have been a mistake. I actually think that in retrospect, uh, 24 different ways to talk about something, by the time you get past the top four, six, maybe eight, you're digging a little too deep and it almost sounds desperate at this point. Unless you're able to weave it in pretty organically, but that's hard to do. You know, only the best of the best can do that. So by the time you're digging that deep, it almost sounds like you're trying too hard. And I think that that's where sometimes listeners... They don't know exactly what they're putting their finger on, but they're getting, they're putting their finger on something. They're figuring out that they're being pandered to because they're listening to a broadcast that is trying too hard to do the top topics. And that's because they're being told they have to do that. 
I, am I losing you here? I know this is a weird thing. I get that I'm kind of talking, uh, it's just sort of talking off my ass. I could be a little bit more organized in the way I'm presenting this, and I apologize, but it's just sort of like this. I'll try and give you a real example. If topic A is coronavirus, and on day one, it's, you know, four different ways to talk about coronavirus. Day two, it's ways five through eight to talk about coronavirus. And day three, it's ways nine through 12. By the time you're getting down to ways nine through 12, people are like, enough with coronavirus, my God. And then what you get is you get reporters or broadcasters just being a little too creative trying to come up with ways 9 through 12 to talk about coronavirus. Meanwhile, you've got listener fatigue. We used to call it burnout. You're like, Jesus, enough about fucking coronavirus. You know, and that's the world we live in, 2020, enough about coronavirus. I mean, that's that's the world we live in right now. That's a whole other topic. People being over it, quote, over it. So I think that that's where things started to go wrong a little is we started to just concentrate a little too much on these mass appeal topics and we didn't play to our niches enough. And then our competition, meaning podcasts and Spotify and by the way, how genius is the Spotify year end playlist thing that they put out for people? Absolutely genius. What Spotify does with that just genius. And one, and here's a funny note for you. You'll notice you'll never see anyone from like iHeartMedia or Entercom play into the Spotify playlist thing because that's their competition. So they're always just going to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. Meanwhile, it's fucking genius. Anyway, I, you know, when, when everyone else figured out that niche was the way to go, and this is why Brother Weeze has performed so well for so long. Weeze has always performed to a niche audience. Weeze has always done that. You know, we, you'll notice when you listen to Weeze, he, if he talks about the big stuff, the big topics, it's usually begrudgingly. He's very good about being niche, and it turns out, you know, innovative, whether did he see it coming or not, I don't know. Because he used to always say, look, they can hear, yeah, brah, brah, they can hear about coronavirus on any station. I'm the only place that's going to break down the new documentary out the doors. <laughs> Excuse me. Ah, hurts my voice trying to talk like we and I guess you got to look back and you got to go, hey, he was right. He was he was right about that. Play to your niche. Because that's what the competition did, and they've basically ruined radio by doing it, you know. Spotify said, hey, you want to listen to al- deep album cuts from... I don't know. <laughs> Name your rock band. You want to go to you want to go listen to some deep album cuts by Nirvana on your way to work today? Good. We got that for you. Can't find that on FM radio. What about like I said before, murder mystery or um I don't know, a deep dive on last night's episode of The Walking Dead or whatever the hot show is right now. You want to hear a deep dive on that? You want a podcast that's going to deep dive last night's episode? And you want to listen to that on your way to work? They've got it. Podcasts have that. You're not going to find that on FM radio. And so as a result, what FM radio has become has become niche to the personality, not to the topic, because FM radio still is trying to be broad with the topics they cover. And so instead what you get is you get audiences that are niche because they love that personality. So they listen to Rover's Morning Glory because they've fallen in love with Rover and the characters around Rover. 
And that's why it's a smart move to bring Rover over to 95.1. And I, I did have it pointed out to me several times this week that I called it in a past episode of my podcast. That's why it's a really, really smart move to bring Rover over. Now, what I would like to know is whether or not iHeart forced Rover over or whether the zone cut Rover and then iHeart picked him up. Because I may have been a little too harsh on the zone last week when I made fun of the zone for picking up Jubal in the morning because that show is the hackiest, corniest piece of shit I've ever heard in my life. And, you know, replacing Rover with that is almost embarrassing, quite frankly. In fact, no, I'm going to go with straight up embarrassing. And in fairness, in fairness, I don't know. The the Jubal I knew was something called Brook and Jubal. Maybe this is different. I can't imagine there's more than one Jubal out there. So I'm going to assume it's the same Jubal. But maybe they dropped Brook and thus dropped the corniness. So maybe I, I, you know, maybe I need to tune in and hear it. But at the end of the day, not even in the same hemisphere as uh, Rover in terms of audience and in terms of the show and the performance of the show and the the talent on the show. Rover really is a top-notch, top, top, top show in this country. Um, And so really good move there. Now, maybe I wasn't fair to the zone. If iHeart muscled that away, which they may have because iHeart Media is Rover's employer, so they may have muscled that away. And I like to flatter myself, and I and this is this is you know I don't this could be right on or this could be way off base, but I like to flatter myself, and I like to think my leaving had something to do with iHeart thinking they needed to get Rover over there because they they looked and they went well we don't have a we don't have a new show to slot in here. Um, I mean look at the afternoon show they brought in Earl, Megan, and Pat. They're fantastic people, and I'm sure they're doing a good job with the show. I listen as often as I can, and anytime I listen, it sounds good to me. Um, but it is also a sure sign of the fact that iHeart just didn't have a plan. They just didn't know what to do after Kimberly and Beck left. I like to think I was what they were going to do, but I could also be very wrong. And and I'll even show you some evidence that I could be very wrong. I was always told, in fact, I was told by my boss, by the guy in, by my boss's boss, I should say, that when Bob Matthews and or Brother Wee's moved on, that would be my opportunity. And Bob Matthews announced his retirement a week before I left. And before I announced I was leaving, my name came up as a replacement for Bob Matthews. And from what I'm told, uh uh-uh, no. In the meeting, it was a nope, 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 nope. So I had been lied to about that being my opportunity, which doesn't surprise me. So me thinking that maybe I was the backup plan on 95.1 is also possibly a pipe dream. You know, I mean, that for all I know, that could be complete bullshit. And I would have never, never had an opportunity. I don't know. I was told I was, but again, I, I wasn't always told things that turned out to be true. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, back to Rover. So bringing Rover over is is very smart. It's very good. He's got an audience. He's he'll build more audience. It, you know, it's only going to be success for him uh, over on ninety five one. Um, now, I, I may have been too hard on the zone if I heart muscled rover away from the zone then that's why i say it may have been too hard then you know they were probably just stuck in a situation where it was like well we've got to put some syndication here what's available i don't know what is available these days so maybe jubal was the best bet as far as what's available if the zone actually actually chose to drop rover and to go with jubal then boy that's tough that's a tough one to explain <laughs> that's tough that is tough but uh, what do i know i don't know the answer to this 
So Rover comes over to 95.1, and as I mentioned, I was going to talk out of both sides of my ass. I'll tell you why this is good and why this is bad. Why this is good is everything I've just said. Radio at this point has to rely on niche audiences. Rover brings a niche audience over. Uh, in theory, Rover brings a younger audience over. Perhaps you bring a younger audience to 95.1, you get some ears on 95.1, and perhaps that younger audience then uh, starts listening to uh, Earl David and uh, uh, yeah Earl David Reed, Pat and Megan starts listening to Moran and DeTulio, starts listening to Brother Weeze, and and in theory that could that could be the positives there. Now the negative isn't really about the listeners; it's more about the talent. I can tell you how I would feel if I worked on 95.1 and they brought Rover over. I would, every time I say Rover over, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Stop saying that, Polly. I would feel threatened by it as a talent there because it's going to be way, way too easy to s- just slide Rover into whichever slot they want to when they need to. Morning, midday, afternoon, whatever it might be, somebody eventually is going to move on. You know, you, you never know. It's very, it's unpredictable. I mean, people could just they could move on. They could find new jobs. They could choose to move on. There could be layoffs. There could be firings, or ultimately, you know, they could retire. I mean, look, Wee's at this point, although he said he's going to do it till he dies. I mean, maybe he decides. Look, I just want to enjoy my life for a little while. Um, when that happens. I would feel very discouraged as an employee if I was still there because I would feel as though I didn't stand a chance at getting one of those time slots. They're going to simply slide Rover in wherever they need to. And that's the bummer of all this is ultimately long term, it's more death of local radio. It's just it, it just is it. I mean, I, I find it very hard for anyone to convince me. I mean, let's pick a scenario. You know, let's say Weez does. Let's say Weez retires. Now they slide Rover right into that morning. And why would they do that, Polly? Why wouldn't they just give Detulio Moran the morning slot or Earl David and uh, Earl David? I keep saying Earl David and Pat, Earl Megan and Pat that slot. Well, the argument they would make is they would say, well, we've already established Detulio Moran in the midday. We've already established Earl Megan and Pat in the afternoon. The now unestablished time slot in this pretend scenario I just came up with, Wee's retiring, is mornings. So we'll put a show that is somewhat established in the market in the morning, in the morning, with Rover's Morning Glory. So I think that's what it is. I think it's a whole, you know, they're taking, they're bringing Rover over, they're giving him, kind of bookmarking him and, and preparing to slide him into the morning when Wee's retires. That's what I think is the long-term thing here, which again... The positive is, I think Rover's a great show, and uh, will serve an audience very well. Uh, the negative is, it's a continuation of the death of local radio. Jesus, Target is fucking busy. Did these people not hear about coronavirus? I guess I'm just as guilty as everybody else. The parking lot is like full at Target. It's crazy. So that's, I guess that's the, the lesson here, kids. UB students. Is syndication does continue to kill radio as long as radio is killing off local talent they're going to continue to hurt the rover move to radio 95.1 makes a lot of sense if you're on the top of that roster 
if you're in management, if you're in ownership, that makes all the sense in the world. If you're a worker bee waiting for your big break, it's just another sign that that break's never going to come. And, uh, and that's a tough, tough pill to swallow in my opinion. So that's kind of where I, it's kind of where I stand on the Rover move. So anyway, I hope you learned something on today's episode. UB students. I don't know what else I can tell you, the UB students, that they might find interesting about radio. I think there was parts of this podcast that were a little wonky and hard to follow, and then other parts that made a lot of sense. I don't know, I'd have to go back and listen, but I don't like going back to listen. I'm the worst. Like, I don't edit. I don't do anything. I just go back and, like, I literally just pull this off of my Zoom recorder and just literally just <laughs> throw it up on the podcast feed. I guess I should have a little bit more diligence regarding this thing Uh, I don't know I think that's it worked in radio for 15 years and uh, slowly but surely over that time I watched stations go from you know full staffs I mean when I started in radio there wasn't really full-time overnight staffs but it was full-time at least 6 a.m. usually until about midnight and you would have about maybe one personality per station that was a part-timer and the rest of the the uh the crew would be full-timers so when i first started in radio that was the case but you know since then there's plenty of radio stations with absolutely no employees and then there's some radio stations with uh with with several you know like 95.1 the one we've been talking about here has got several employees uh and that i guess that's a good thing i guess that's a good thing i i think you're seeing you know what 95.1 and what iHeartMedia has done ultimately with 95.1 is is encouraging in some ways because discouraging in in the sense that it's kind of clear if you look at that what that's saying you know iHeart continues to not invest in new young talent they continue to only invest in old established talent that's a little depressing that being said I think seeing that Instead of trying to spread their resources out over their seven different radio stations, seeing them take all of their resources and just concentrating them in on one station and trying to build themselves a juggernaut station, I think is encouraging because at least it shows, you know, they recognize content to be king there and that's their best bet at getting uh, good content all day. So, uh, t- you know, again, talking out of both sides of my ass, tough. I mean, it's tough, right? Tough to find the right thing to do. Okay. All right. Uh, Sorry about the monologue episode. Hopefully get back to interviews next week. If there's anyone you want to hear on the podcast, let me know. I do still want to get, um, do still want to get Jolo on a couple speaking of radio guys, my old um, uh, coworkers, Billy DeTore would really like to get on here uh, and, uh, and a lot more. So, okay. All right. Thanks for listening.